Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have a wonderful guest on today. She is the co-owner of Blue Moon Vintage Market. She is a regional vice president at Live Unique and an instructor at the CBD Training Academy. So let us welcome my friend, Jen. How are you doing today, Jen? Good, Victor. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great. I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Great to have you on. So I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you get involved in becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good question. Um, I don't think I knew that I was an entrepreneur and, and I still, I think, have a hard time grasping that concept of that, that word. But, uh, you know, in college, for fun, I made beaded necklaces and sold them at a Grateful Dead show in the, con- in the concert parking lots. Um, mm-hmm. During my corporate job, I made pumpkin rolls from home and sold them to all my coworkers for the holidays and became known as the pumpkin roll lady <laughs> in a building with about a thousand people. Uh, and then I fell into network marketing in 2011 during my, my corporate job. Uh, and I loved it. I did really, really well, um, became very successful at it and decided after a year in to leave my corporate job and, and dive in full steam to network marketing. And um, it's just kind of snowballed from there, I guess. Awesome. All right. So it seems like you always had a little bit of the entrepreneurial spirit based on the things you were selling early on. And you've been in the industry now, I guess, about 10 years now. So you might sharing how were those early days? Because everyone goes through different, tra- you know, all kinds of different things. Some people struggle for a while. Some people, you know, get some success, but it's gradual. Some get success like within the first year or so. So how was your journey those first couple of years when you got into network marketing? Yeah. So in 2011, I joined a company not knowing anything about it, didn't know I was joining a network marketing company. Um, at the time, it was a weight loss supplement, a natural product. And I was had quit smoking and was having a hard time losing weight and thought, I'll give this product a try. And then I also thought if I sell a couple bottles a month to my friends, the, co- the commission I make on those bottles pays for mine. I get it for free, basically. So I joined that company and started ranking, started building a team. Um, four months in, I had no idea what any of that meant. I just kind of I think got lucky that it was a product that I loved and I enjoyed that I liked to share with my friends. And I think that's most important when you're getting involved in something is if you don't love the product, um, it, it's really hard to share it and get people to want to try it if you're not you know, passionate about that product line. So that was just, it took off for me and I became a six figure income earner my first year and had about 1300 people underneath me. So I just, learned from that. I taught myself, I think, pretty much what I was needing to know as far as the behind the scenes went and just kind of went from there. All right. So it's very good. So you did very well in the beginning. You got a lot of success and you you emphasize about the fact that you love the product and you are very passionate about it. And I guess that made it so much easier for you to talk about the product and the opportunity with you because you really felt like this could help them get better. You can become healthier. You could, it can make a big difference in their lives. I think that's an important point because a lot of people, they just do it solely for the money and money is important, no question about it. But sometimes people are trying to sell a product they really don't care for. And people can sense 
when you're not really passionate about it, you really don't, you're not really into the product. You're just doing it to prove people or to just make money and that you, you really don't feel it's going to help them. So it, people, you give off those kind of vibes, whether you really believe in it or not. And people can sense that. And if, you, if they sense you don't believe in it, and they're not going to either buy for you or want to join that business. I think it's a very important point to throw it up because it, it's so much easier. It's so much natural because you really enjoy talking about the product and the opportunities. I think that is very important. I think for those that are getting into the industry as well as the product or service, you really need to believe in. I remember Zig Ziglar talking about the fact that he was trouble, having trouble selling irons and these cooking things when he was trying to sell to the housewives back then. And he was asking one of the most successful salespeople there and he told him, well, do you use the product? Do you actually use it? Uh, and he says, no, well, use it. If you really like it, you're going to find it easier to sell because if you and your wife are getting good benefits from it, you're going to sell because you believe in it. And he started, he actually bought the product used and guess what? He sold a lot more of those items. So I think it's very important to believe in the product. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. So um, I also just like to ask you, um, why do you think when people get started, because, you know, you had, you know, good amount of success your first year, you know, you became a six-figure earner. A lot of people, the vast majority of them, when they get started in the industry, they struggle. Uh, do you think part of it is a lack of belief in the product? Do you think there are other factors that contribute? So what do you think are some of the reasons why people struggle in their first year in that market? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, and I think part of it does go back to the whole not appreciating the product and not wanting to share that, but more of being on the, the financial gain side. Um, and the other one, one of, we had a, a man on stage a few years back at, when a company I was involved in, and he said, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable in sales and in network marketing. And you have to be vulnerable enough to put yourself out there in front of people and especially social media platforms and not be worried about Am I going to annoy my friends by what I'm promoting? Are people going to unfollow me because they don't like this product? Are they going to think I'm just spamming their wall? And it's a lot of getting inside your own head that I think could be a huge hindrance in this industry. And it took a long time for me to even do a, my first Facebook Live. Um, I was with a company from 2017 to what 2020, beginning of 2020. And my, four months in, my upline in that company kept saying, you've got to do a live video. You've got to do a live on Facebook. You'll reach more people. You know, you'll share your story. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I am not doing it. <laughs> I refused for four months. And finally, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, I have bad reception. I live on an 80-acre rescue horse farm here. So my reception's not great. So I drove into town. I sat in my car. I mumbled. I fumbled over my words. I was sweating profusely. I apologized. Uh, <laughs> but I did a video, and it helped me rank another level in that company that month. And it did generate, I think I had over 6,000 people had viewed that video in like six weeks time. So that was just kind of me getting out of that comfort zone and, and doing what I think a lot of people don't want to do because of fear or, you know, repercussions or what people are going to think. So I think that's key in anything that you're doing, even if it's not sales or network marketing is getting out of your own head and being able to just do it you want to do it, do it. If you want to share something, put it out there. Um, and just, you know, staying positive, I think is another big part of it too. And, and not falling down the, the negative um, rabbit hole of social media and things that people don't like to see. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, sharing what you love and the rest will follow. No, absolutely. I think so many people, and you know, you share some good stuff there. I think so many people are afraid of how they're going to be judged by other people. They're afraid, will they like this post? Will they ignore it? And 
in the end, I don't think it really matters whether you get three likes or 200 likes. If you're putting out the value, you're inspiring people, eventually it's going to come back to you. I think the more value you share, the more you're putting out stuff that can help people, the more people are going to realize that you're someone that could possibly help them, that you're a leader, and then you're someone that's going to help them. The thing is, if you never put out anything, you never put out any value, no one's going to know what you have to offer them. So I think that's a great point you put up. You put up it. Fear of judgment, I think, stops a lot of people. And here's the thing. Most people are, are they really not going to judge you. They're not going to judge you harshly. If, if you said you got to get out of your head, I think that's very important. I think a lot of people are afraid, like, well, if I try this company and if I don't succeed, they're worried about what their friends are going to say. Well, this person tried to feel as they didn't succeed. You know, there's a loser. But everyone's failed at companies. A lot of most people have failed at at least two, three companies. And, you know, they eventually succeeded at one. And no one thinks about the fact these people had failures before. They just remember this person is very successful. They're a six or seven figure. So I thought that's very important. I think fear rejection is also a very big thing. People are afraid like, oh, if I, if I speak to 10 people and nine of them say no, or all 10 say no, you know, they feel like they've lost something. They don't. But the thing is, if you never talk to anyone, guess what? You're never going to get anyone to join. So I think that's, that, that, that is huge. And like you said, getting out of the comfort zone, which I think is one of the biggest killers of success. Now, you just need to get out of it because the success is never following the comfort zone. Because if you want to go where you've never been before, you have to do the things you've never done before. And it seems like a lot of people are afraid. A lot of people want what's better, but they're afraid. So they don't want to do the things that could give them that better life. So it, I think that's very, very huge. You got to do the things that are comfortable because you want that comfortable life. You got to do the uncomfortable. And then later on, you can have the life that's very comfortable, which is what you have right now. But you were willing to do that. You mentioned the example a few minutes ago. You, you waited, like, I think four months before doing a Facebook live video, but it, it reaped benefits because you were able to get out of your comfort zone. That's very important. And I agree, you got to stay positive. And not only that, I think it's very important. You need to surround yourself with people that are positive and inspirational, motivational. I think it's very important to stay away from people that are going to drag you down, that are very negative, that are complaining all the time, because I think you tend to pick up the bad habits of those kind of people. So I think it's important who you surround yourself It's extremely important. Would you agree? You know, and I think people too forget that it doesn't happen overnight. I think it's just the other kind of reflecting on that as well as you're talking. I'm thinking, you know, I've had so many people that have come to me and said, you know, I joined on Monday and now it's Thursday and nothing's happening. Like it does not happen that fast. You've got to be patient. You've got to be consistent. Um, you can't, you can't just sign up some somewhere and sit back and expect it just to happen. You've got to work at it. So I think just to add to what we're talking about, I think that's just as important as you know, not expecting somebody else to do it for you also, not expecting your upline in a network marketing company to be responsible to grow your team or do all the work for you. It's, it's your own business and it's available. I mean, network marketing, I love it. It got me out of corporate. I can do what I want. I'm busier now than I was in corporate and I don't have a set schedule, which is crazy, but I work really hard at it. And I think that's something that not everyone sees that part, you know, people make it look easy and it, it's, a, there's a lot of work to it. Yeah. And I think sometimes people have false, false expectations when they come into the industry, they think, Oh, I'm going to be a millionaire in a week. And it doesn't work out. Like you said, it takes work, especially if you've never done it before. It's like, people don't know who you are. So it could take a while for people to, to develop that credibility and trust from people. So, but if you're consistent with it, you'll get results. If you say, you're not going to get it in three days. And I think sometimes people, need to i guess the sponsor the mentors need to tell them look it's going to take some time if you're consistent i will help guide you but i'm not going to do all the work for you i like jim Rohn used to say you can't hire someone to do your push-ups for you 
You have to do it yourself and no one can succeed for you. Your, your, your sponsor, your mentor can guide you. They can tell you, do this, do that, don't do that. And they can guide you, but they can't, they can't, they can't go out and meet prospects for you. You got to go out and talk to them. I mean, they can do a three-way call with you, but they can't, they can't do everything else to you. You got to do the reaching out initially. So I think sometimes people forget that they, and, and maybe sometimes the, the sponsors give them this false impression that they are going to do all the work for them. That's maybe, that's why sometimes they get frustrated. But yeah, I, I agree. You need to tell them, take some work. It's going to take some time. You got to be patient. You got to be consistent. And I'm not going to do all the work for you, but I'm going to help guide you through that. So I think that's very important. I also like to ask you, um, as, how important has personal development been for you in this industry? Because I know for a lot of network marketers, personal development has really helped them grow in this industry. Has it, has it been uh, the same benefit for you as well? Yeah, I think that's a great point to touch on is you know, if, if you're not developing as you're growing your business and you, you kind of, as you stay set and you're not open to, you know, growing either emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever it is, it's going to benefit your business. I always am a big believer that whatever you put out there, you attract. Um, and if it's positive, you know, for yourself, people are going to get attracted to that and they're going to want to work with you because you're positive and you are reflecting you know, what you're working so hard to do for yourself. And if it's negative and you're that person that is always half empty and always, you know, just not, um, <laughs> not an energy person that I would want to be around, it, it's hard to get people to want to come to you and want to work with you because you're not putting off that vibe because you're not feeling that way about yourself. So yeah, I think, you know, just working on yourself first and foremost and, and, making sure that you understand that you've got the ability to do this. Anybody can do this. It's just a matter of, are you committed and do you want to put the time into it? And do you want to work with other people? Because that's a challenge sometimes too. And I don't think everybody has the patience to, you know, be able to build a team and take the time to help them grow too. I've always said I would never have gotten anywhere in the industry if I didn't have a team that followed me where I went and believed what I was doing and, and trusted me enough you know, to join wherever I was going um, and be considered a leader to them. So I think, you know, knowing that about yourself and, and having that mindset is a big part of, of the industry as well. Sorry, my dog says hi. <laughs> oh, no, I said, I was just noticing him. I, I'm a big dog lover, so he's welcome. He wants to, he wants to chime in. He wants to share his thoughts, definitely. Nice. No, no, and I agree. I think personal is so huge. Some people will even say never marketing is personal development a compensation plan. I think there is some truth to that. I think the more you work on yourself, the more positive you become, the more you work on your subconscious mind and believe yourself. That 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 feeling that like you said, what you call it vibes, it, it transfers so to people. People sense that belief is certain in yourself. It's like saying, This person's going somewhere. I want to work for that person. I think, you know, that's what you've been giving off the last number of years because people sense that belief in yourself. That's why a lot of people want to work with you. And like, and I thought you brought up a great point. It's how what is your relationship with you? you like being with people? You like working with them? Because that's huge. Because if you want to be successful in this industry, you need to work with your team. You need to develop it. You can't just keep recruiting. If you recruit people, but you never help them. Uh, eventually a lot of them will leave because if they don't recruit anyone, they're not making money after a few months, they're just going to leave. So you need to help them build deep down. So actually, if you might talk a little bit about that, because I think a lot of marks don't understand that uh, difference. Too many of them, I think, focus on recruiting wide and not enough on building deep. And then I think in building deep, we have that love class of success. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic point. And that's, I've, being in this industry, I've witnessed it over and over and over again, where it's maybe they're at the top and maybe they're building, but they're, 
mass recruiting people to join their teams and then they leave these people hanging. Um, I've actually, uh, you know, made connections with a lot of those people, especially in the CBD space, because that was, you know, the company that I was with prior to where I'm at now. I did a lot of the training in, in the team that I was a part of. There was, I think, 17,000 affiliates and I trained them on CBD. And that's, I did it for no other reason than I wanted them to know what they were involved in because, you know, in the CBD space, especially in network marketing, we're not selling handbags and, you know, nail polish. You're selling something that's helping people on, on a medicinal level that you have to know what you're doing. And people that were joining that space wanted that knowledge. They wanted that information. They wanted to understand the product to be able to help people. And there, you know, sometimes hmm, the uppers that could be were more about the recruiting. I don't know how to say that without sounding tacky. Um, they were, I think you get what I'm saying, but they were more about the recruiting side and building the business and making a fortune than they were on actually helping the people that were trusting them enough to join and wanting to know about the product that they were involved in and the industry that they were a part of. So I think that's always been my passion. And then I think the rest follows because people want to be with somebody that take that time to educate and to train and, you know, to be what would be considered a leader in any industry, you know, and if it is not knocking handbags or, or nail polish, everybody has their niche. Um, and that's always a good thing. People need all of that as well. And, but knowing that product is, I think there's two steps to network marketing. One being knowing the recruiting side. I've never considered myself a recruiter. I never cold call people or private message people saying, Hey, join my team. You'd be great at it. But if somebody messages me and says, Hey, I want to know more about your company. I will take that time and give them any information they need uh, mm -hmm. via phone call, via zoom chat, uh, text message, whatever it is. I make sure I have that time to answer those questions. And if they message me on the product side, you know, your customers end up being your best team members. And that's where my teams have always grown has been customers first and then they liked the product. They liked that I was able to take the time to work with them on the product and the questions, and then they joined the team. So I think it's just, you know, social media is key in network marketing, where way back when it was you grab the phone book or you, you know, you go to the grocery store and stand outside with a sign or <laughs> whatever it might be. You get the pink Cadillac and you get the tag on it that people know what you're doing. And now it's, it's a whole different ballgame that it's simple, that it's just a matter of, I think, being available on both sides of that scope and being able to answer their questions. No, and those are some great points you just made there. Number one, social media has been so powerful to this industry. Like 20 years ago, you just had to like write a list of names and pray that they would be open to what you have to say. But now you can reach out to people from all over the world because you can go on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all these other social medias and you can talk to so many different people. And I like the fact you mentioned your best customers very often turn out to be your best distributors because you had a relation with them, you helped them. And they, you know, they knew the product, they loved it, they got great results around. So as a result, they decided, you know, let me work the business now because they already had that belief in the product, which is what you had when you started out. They loved the product, they said, well, great. And, you know, you also recruited people's up, but um, a great point you made is, you know, helping them, loving your team and really being there for them, giving them the time when they need it. And which is one reason why very often the number one recruiters in the co in companies are, you, are often not the number one earners. The number one earners are the ones that are building the team deep down. Some of the people, the ones, those are focused solely on recruiting, and recruiting is definitely an important part, but there's more to it. You got to help build that team and nurture it. Those that are nurturing the teams are usually the ones at the top earners, which is what you were doing. 
And you explain that to people, the two sides of it, there's the business side and there's the product side. And you get paid on both. A lot of people have to remember that you're paid on total volume. You get fined from people who, you know, you enroll, you recruit, but you also get paid on your customers. And that can also be a pretty substantial part of the business. I think for those that are getting started, you realize you get paid two ways. So it'll ultimately based on volume. So the more volume you get, you can get a substantial amount from your customers, you know, the, the more you're going to get paid. So I think sometimes people forget that. And it, this is a business. This is a business. If you don't help people, you really can't succeed. But that, that's the great thing about it. So, you know, I join under you. You help me succeed. You help me build my business. Guess what? I'm going to make money. But you know what? You're going to make more money too because you help me succeed. So the more people you help, the more money you make. It's a win-win situation for everyone. And another great thing about this is you in the corporate world, I was in the corporate world. There was no way you could ever make more money than your boss. But in this industry, I could join under you. And if I, if I work hard enough, I can make more money than you. And I think that's one of the great things about this industry. It's, um, it, it's something that this offers you advantages the corporate world never offered. And not only that, I, like you said, it doesn't matter your background, what you went through, you could have been in prison. It, this, is, this industry, I think, is really the great equalizer. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, so the next thing I would just like to add is, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we discussed personal, we talked about mindset, building teams. Now, for those that are getting started in this industry, um, you know, they're saying, you know, this industry seems really good. I, I like it, but I'm, I'm a little afraid. Like you say, some, some of them might have that fear of judgment, some might have that fear of rejection. Um, what would you, and you know, what, would, what are some of the things, I know you mentioned probably, but overall, Talk to them. What what should they do once they get start once they get started to be successful in this industry, so that they don't give up like like the vast majority of people do. They'll they'll join the company, they'll leave after like two three months. What are the things they need to do to that stay in this industry, stay in this company, and be successful? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Also, um, obviously, the first thing, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, is you've got to use the product. You have to try the product. If you don't have, if, especially if it's I mean, obviously, like if it's a handbag or nail polish, you're probably not going to have a testimonial. But in my industry, so let's reference the CBD space. If you've not tried the product that you're promoting, you don't have a personal testimonial. Uh, testimony, that's hard. It's hard for people to want to either, you know, buy from you what you're selling or join your team or use what you're using if you've not even used the product and you're not even sure what you're actually promoting. Um, so I think that's first and foremost is whatever it is. If it is a handbag, I know I keep saying that, if it's a handbag, you know, buy one, use it, try it, take it to the beach, take it to an overnight, put your dog food in it, whatever you need to do, test the durability, and then market that, promote it, tell people why you like it. Um, I tell everybody on my team now, if you've not done a Facebook Live or a, any kind of social media live video, you need to. It's a great way to really generate some interest if you're in a company and your upline's willing to do a call with you, a live video with you, or a Zoom call with you like this that you can share on Facebook. Huge. Let them interview you. Let them tell you. Know, let them have you tell your story to your followers as to what you're doing and why. Uh, you know, either what the company is, but what led you to it, why you joined it. And I think that's just a big part of it. And if if it's somebody that's constantly saying, "I'm not good at this. I I can't do sales. I'm not a recruiter." I suck at this, uh, I'm not gonna do well. To me, that's what you're putting out to the universe and that's what you're gonna get back because you're choosing your words really poorly. 
And I'm a big believer in that. So instead change it to, you know, I want this to work or I'm going to do good at this or I'm going to have short-term goals and long-term goals. So in my first 30 days, I would love to have X amount of customers and X amount of affiliates with me. And in my first four months, I want to be at this rank or in my first year, I want to pay off my credit card debt or whatever it is. But I think that sets the the bar for keeping you on task where you don't fall off. And if you have a bad day and you're just kind of dumping on yourself, it's fine, but don't stay in that space and make sure you, you know, sticky notes all over the place. I have my, my affiliates. I've told them put sticky notes on your mirror in your bathroom. Like you're going to kick ass today, or you're going to, you know, recruit the world today. If it's recruiting that you love, if it's, I'm going to help somebody today with my product, if it's in the space I'm in, leave notes for yourself, put notes in your phone, reminders anywhere. And it's like just changing that mindset enough to be positive and throwing those notes out for yourself, whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be just network marketing, but just changing your words will change your life. And I'm a big, big believer in that. And I think there's no difference, you know, overall across the board, as well as just in the space too. I think it applies to everything. So I think that's key just to, you know, getting started and go with it and see what happens. But don't be down on yourself if it's not where you're at, right where you want to be right away. No, I, and I totally agree. With that. Number one, just use the, use the products, do the Facebook lives. But I, I love what you talk about. Watch what you say to yourself. Very often, self-talk, is, and, and a lot of people are around, self-talk is, is and, and it really is, it, the things you're mentioning are real, a lot of it's affirmations. I'm going to do this. I'm going to kick butt. I'm going to, I'm going to do, I'm really going to rock my business, all those things. Put the sticky notes all over the house, your bathroom, bathroom mirrors and stuff like that. But yeah, because our self-talk, because they estimate we say anything between 20 to 50,000 things to ourselves every day. A lot of it's very subconscious and a lot of it is a lot of it's very negative. Because like you said, beware of the things you say to yourself. Well, I don't know if people are going to fire me. I don't know if people are going to join me. Say, no, people want to work with me. People love what I have to offer. People, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to rock this business. So change what you say to yourself because your self-talk is one of the most important things um, that you can do. And because a lot of our self-talk is either what builds us or what destroys us. So you got to be very careful. So I love that you brought up that point and put those things all over the house so you remind yourself. Because sometimes you'll have doubts. You might be having a rough day and then you got to talk about all these, you know, look at all these things. Yeah, I am, I can do it. I am, I am, I'm a winner. I can do this. I can succeed this. So I love the fact you brought that up. Self-talk, I think, is extremely important. You got to watch what you say to yourself. Pay it close attention. So I thought that was a great point that you brought up. So definitely work on yourself so that is very important um i have a couple of things i want to ask you number one uh, we alluded to this before but talk about the importance of you know and goes back to building your team the importance of duplication teaching your team duplicatable activities because real often it's not just what works it's really what duplicates in this business that helps people succeed because i don't think enough people understand the importance of duplication yeah i think that's a great point as well and i think like you said people either don't understand that, have never heard that before, or just don't think about it, but it's, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And if you're, whatever you're doing, if it's working for you and you bring somebody on board, teach them what you're doing. Take that time, even if they are a royal pain in the butt, take the time and don't ever discredit anybody. You know, I've had so many people, they're like, oh, I signed this person up and I don't really think they're going to do anything. They've got all these questions. I'm not going to answer them. I'm like, then you're setting them up for failure because you're not teaching them. You're not showing them how to do this um, in a positive way. Instead, you've like 
shot them right off right out of the gate you shot them in the foot and they could be your biggest promoter you have no idea and i think it's just taking the time you know duplicating means whatever i am doing that's working take that time and when i sign somebody up or they join my team whatever i'm doing i'm going to teach them this is what i'm doing that works for me you know i have my business cards if i go to a restaurant i have these are my my unique cards i leave one in the mm -hmm. folder with my with the um receipts bill um if I go to a hotel and spend the night, I leave that for the maid. I, it doesn't matter that they're the maid. They still could use the product that I'm promoting and they're in a whole different state or a different area than where I'm from. And it's just little things like that, that I'm teaching my downline um, simplicity, but it's duplicatable and it's not, they don't have to know, you know, they don't have to be a CBD training academy instructor to know the product but they need to know the basics and if they have more elaborate questions i'm available to help them with that on both ends but i think it's just a matter of teaching your team give them the tools to be successful and you're going to be successful also you know it, you can't do this by yourself so if you're kind of you know keeping all of the the nuggets to yourself and not sharing them how how can anybody be successful as well? So I think it's it's extremely imperative to make sure that you're duplicating whatever's working for you. And if you've got an upline that isn't sharing with you and isn't helping you, um, isn't taking that time, then that kind of reflects back on the the self um, preservation and making sure do your homework. My first MLM company in 2011, I didn't have guidance. Um, I didn't know what the ranking meant. I didn't know what preferred customer went or why would I want somebody to do that? I've got product here. Why do, why do they need to order from my website? I knew nothing. And I was still able to teach myself and become a six-figure earner my first year. So, and I know there's so many similar stories like that out there. So I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding an upline that you trust that's going to take that time and have that upline share with, with you um, the importance of, of what they're doing that's working. No, and absolutely. I think that's very important. Having the upline that will show you what duplicate, what's working for them, they just have them share with you. And a lot of it, what, what needs to be done is not that common. It's very simple. But yeah, the, the more you share it, the more it's as far as you're going to help them see and you're going to succeed more as well. So that's very important. And I, when I wanted to ask you about that question, because I think sometimes people feel like they got to know everything about the company, all the the compensation plans to define it and the minute as detail, all that stuff. So they're trying to impress them with all these things. The thing is, you're using all kinds of language that you know a PhD from Harvard can understand. And no one else. They're gonna say, "I can't do this." But if you tell them something simple like this, just talk to people or leave your business cards when you go to an event at the hotel for the maid. Little things like that. That's very duplicative because you could anyone can do that. You have your own business card. You leave it there. Maybe someone will pick it up and reach out to you. You don't know. And, and I love the fact by doing that. That example also tells you don't prejudge people. Very often, people say to themselves, "Well, that person wouldn't be interested." And right. they never talk to me. And then they find out that they join under someone else in another company. Wow, they could have been under me. But that, that's what happens sometimes. You just don't know. A lot of times the people you think would be excited for your industry, for your company, often are not. And the ones you would least likely think would be interested often wind up being the most enthusiastic or the ones that are the most productive and successful. So you just don't know sometimes. So you never know. Person, a maid might want to change her situation. She says, you know what? I want to do something more about it. I want to travel the world. I want to I want to spend more time with my kids or something like that. You just never know. You never know what people's situations are. So I thought that was a great idea, a great point you brought up. Not just duplication to teach your team, but in that, don't prejudge people because you just never know. If you don't, right. it's the thing, if you don't talk to people, the answer is always no. But if you talk to them, you may get a yes. So uh, great points all around. I want to ask you something about uh, 
being teachable and humble because I think number one, uh, how important is teachability, both for people getting started, but also not only for people getting started, but people who've had the success, who've you know, made six and seven figures are remaining teachable because sometimes when people get successful, they, like, they start getting a little arrogant and say, I don't need to learn anything else. I know everything I need to know and they lose that humility. So talk about being teachable for both sides of people. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic point that to bring up. Um, and I've seen that obviously time and time again, I've seen where I like to say they get a little big for their britches where they, they fall into it. Um, whatever their, their background is, they fall into this, they make a ton of money. And all of a sudden, they're not somebody I want to be around. They're, just, you know, kind of uh, entitled and arrogant. And then it turns into what are you going to do for me? because I am this big fancy pants in this company. It's like now, you know, you need my information, but what are you going to do for me? Or are you going to fly me around and, and dine me out to get me to join your company? And I just, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. It's like, you're still the same person that, you know, maybe that was the maid at a, at a hotel that all of a sudden is a seven figure earner. And now, you know, she has that right, or he has that right to, I guess, be on that platform. And for me, I just, I don't think it attracts, it's not for everybody, I guess, that kind of mindset and that mentality. Um, for me, it's just having gratitude, I think, for whatever you're capable of and whatever does come your way. And if it's, you know, I've got one gal on my team right now, it's like, woohoo, I made $100 this month. I am so excited. Phenomenal. And then I have you know, somebody else that it might be a couple thousand dollars with some pennies and they want to know where the pennies came from. And it's like, it's such a vast array of different mindsets that you deal with and I think it just you know, staying grateful and staying humble and having that you know, not losing the genuine part of yourself I think that continues to bring it forward to you and I think the people that have seen this time and time again that they get to the top and they become greedy and they become entitled and they spend all their money on materialistic things that don't make them a better person. It just means they have a lot of fancier cars and watches and houses and in-ground pools and, you know, whatever it is, where then there's the other ones that, you know, they still eat fast food and they still go camping in an old school camper and rescue animals or whatever it is. And you would have no idea they're seven figure earners. Those are the people that I am attracted to because they're not, um, arrogant and pompous and entitled. And I think there's just a fine line with money changes people, you know, and I think it's however you see this industry for yourself, wherever you want it to go. If you want to make a couple hundred dollars a month to save up and take your family on vacation once a year, you can, you can easily do that and you can be grateful for it. And the people that fall into the $30,000 a month income, um, I think it happens too quickly. And sometimes they lose sight of that gratitude, I guess, is the word that I keep going back to it and staying humble, like you had mentioned being humble earlier. And, and I, I think it, it, it's probably very easy to fall into that type of category where it's like, I've got all this money and all of a sudden people are flocking to me because I'm, you know, recognizable in the company. And I, I don't know, I just, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that part of it. And, you know, my last company, I did so much training for the team that when we would go to conventions and go to road shows, I, I got a lot of recognition and it floored me every time where people would find me in the bathroom as I'm washing my hands and come up from behind me and hug me and thank me for training. They weren't on my team, they weren't in my downline, but they thanked me for the training. 
and it shocked me. I came home every weekend from these get togethers and it was, I call my parents. I'm like, this was the craziest experience. I had no idea. And I think it's just, you know, it's how you see it and it's what you make of it. And it, it can change you in a good way, or it can change you in a really bad way. And I think it's just, you know, remembering to be grateful and humble, I think is most important. Yeah, and I totally agree. And I love the fact several times you mentioned the importance of gratitude. I mean, so many successful people that I've talked to, I've interviewed, they keep they keep coming back to gratitude. It's like it really changes, it keeps you more humble. And when you're grateful for things, you just seem to find more things to be grateful for. And you just their lives are happier, they tend to be more successful because they're focusing on the things that they have and they appreciate it. So I'm glad you brought that up because it's something everyone should keep in mind. It's uh, a lot of people, they start off the morning, they, they think for like, you know, they'll, you know, look, go write down some things they're grateful for, they'll, they'll meditate on the things they're grateful for, and it just starts off the day in a really positive way. And we just have a much better day as a result. So I'm glad you brought up the importance of being grateful, having gratitude, because I think that is so important. When you lose that, then your life just tends to kind of like go in a really bad negative direction. So great points there. Um, just want to ask you a couple more questions. Number one, we're talking about uh, one thing that stops a lot of people is the fear of rejection. They're, they're afraid of talking to them. They're afraid of getting a lot of no's. And, and, and yeah, a lot, one of the biggest fears is the fear of rejection. So if you're getting like a prospect who you're talking to and they say, man, I love what you share. I love CBD. I love the company. But I am afraid of you know, talking to people and having them say no to me. Or, or maybe even if they join your team, how would you talk, you know, uh, tutor them as to what to do if they have that fear of rejection? How can they overcome that in your opinion? Yeah, I think that's a great point also. Um, and that, that goes back to my whole, I guess, what I referenced earlier about being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and just if you want it bad enough, you've got to put it out there. And I've seen so many people on my teams over the years that sometimes they just need a kick in the pants. It's like, listen, this person might be, you know, depending on what the product is or what the company is, if it's you know in the CBD space, I know I keep referencing that I'm in that, but that's for me, it's like, you never know who needs what you have right now mm -hmm. on the product side. And if it's, you know, their child is suffering or their dog just got this horrible diagnosis or their grandmother, you know, is in suffering, you know, health wise, I'm trying to be compliant. We can't say certain words in the, in the mm -hmm. space. So I think, you know, um, but I think it's, on that scope, it's like you never know who needs what you've got and they're going to miss because you weren't comfortable putting it on your Facebook or talking about it at a cookout or, you know, anything like that. And if it's on the business side, so many people are struggling right now as far as income goes with the way that the world is and especially the country with, you know, obviously all of the things going on with the pandemic. But I think everybody could always use a little bit of extra income. Um, for me, being in the corporate space for a very long time, I, I was burned out. I didn't want to do it anymore. I was frustrated. I loved my job, but I hated everything that came with it. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to stay in corporate. And had I not joined that company to you know, sell a couple bottles and get my product for free, I would probably still be in corporate to this day. I would have missed that opportunity. And it was all because I posted it on Facebook. I posted that I was promoting this product and um, it blew up overnight. And it, a year later, I was able to leave that industry and I haven't looked back. And it's like you said, it's been over 10 years and I've not looked back. And I think that's part of you know, 
me with my team is sharing that story of you never know who you're going to miss if you don't put it out there and you don't share it. And that's been big with the people on my team are, you know, I don't want to share it. I don't want to annoy people. I'm like, well, that's okay, but you're going to miss that opportunity. Do you want to build a business? Do you want financial stability for your family? Do you want to pay your car payment, your car note every month or whatever it is? Do you want to take your family out to eat once a month? Sometimes that's all people are looking for, which is fine. Um, but it's just, you know, you can't promote something and make it work if you're not willing to get out of your own way and put it out there. And I think that's key. Absolutely. You need to do that. And, you know, you share your story, you know, if you, you know, if you didn't join the, you know, the industry, you would probably still be in corporate and then you just started posting about the products you were using and some people started asking for info about it and you started blowing up and started succeeding at it. And if you didn't get take that step, you know, get out of your comfort zone, do the things you had to do, uh, you might you might still be in corporate. So then that's another thing to keep in point. Keep, keep in mind is when you talk, you never know what the situation is in life. And there might be people you know, like you who are like, you know, maybe I'm you know I've been in corporate ten years or whatever, and I want to do something different. I'm not happy. So even if they're successful, maybe they don't have the time frame. Maybe the sick sick of the kind of work they do, or they never get to see their family. So so. They're, 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 it's not just money that'll get people into the industry. There's some people just need time. They want that time freedom to spend with the family, go traveling with them. So you just never know, which is why you should never be judged. So definitely, that's a great point you shared there about your story. And I think it definitely inspire a lot of people. So one last question I want to ask you is about follow-up, the importance of following up, because I think one big reason people don't succeed is they talk to one person and they never hear from them again. And, and, and you're throwing away a lot of business, a lot of money by doing that. So you want to uh, talk a little bit about the importance of follow-up and how we can really help grow your business. Absolutely. And I think on both scopes of that, if it's the product side or whatever you're promoting and the business, the financial side, um, you know, if somebody orders product from you, especially in the space that I'm in, if you're not following up with them and asking them once they've gotten their product, how are they doing, how to use it properly, is it working for them? How to tweak it so that it does work? Um, and if it's anything, if it's you know skincare, did you enjoy the face cream? Uh, what did you like? What did you not like? Can I answer any questions? Do you know how to reorder? There's so many just simple things that it's not a matter of, oh, I sold you this and now I, you're out of here. I'm going on to the next person. I think you lose credibility and you lose a connection on that side of kind of this industry. And I think that is the part that leaves sometimes a bad taste in people's mouths when it comes to this industry, because it looks like people are just trying to sell stuff to make a lot of money and, you know, build a huge team and, and not look back at anybody else. And your customers are 80% of your business a lot of times. So same with, if you sign somebody up to join your team, they trusted you enough to join your team. Now you need, it's your job to make sure they know how to log into their back office or what a back office even is. That's something I didn't know <laughs> when I joined. I didn't know I had a back office. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that meant. You know, and I think that's just part of it. It's a lot of work. It looks easy, but it's a lot of work, but it works if you want it to. And if you want to put the time in. So, yeah, I think follow-up is, is number one most important on both sides. And I tell my team that all the time. If you're not following up, don't expect them to tell anybody about you. Word of mouth is huge. If you get yeah. one customer that loves the customer service you gave them or one affiliate that loves the leadership you're providing, they're going to tell other people. They're going to want to share that product. They're going to want to join your business. They're going to want to bring other people on because of your leadership. So I think, I think that's huge in, in any 
industry within the network marketing fashion for sure. No, absolutely. And those are some great points. Yeah, and especially in terms of keeping customers, because it's like five times as hard to get a new customer and it's to keep an old one, keep them happy. And like you said, word of mouth, they can tell their friends and other people so you can get more customers through them, you know, if you keep them happy. If you don't keep them happy, guess what? They're not going to tell anyone and you may lose it. So yeah, that, that's a great point you made, you made there. So listen, Jen, thank you so much for being on this show. It was really great having you on. I love all the great stuff you shared, all the wisdom you shared. I know the people listening really enjoyed all the great stuff you had to share. It was a pleasure having us. I want to say thank you for being on today. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And if everybody's commenting, I'll just say hi. I can't see the comments from the Zoom. So <laughs> um, yeah, I very much enjoyed being a part of your show. So thank you for having me. And before we let you go, Jen, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to contact you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Sure. Yeah. You can either find me on Facebook, um, Jen, J-E-N-K-E-R-R, if they haven't seen me on Facebook already. Um, you can Oh, how else? I have a, my website through Unique is um, my name, jenkerrcbd.com, um, or you can message me. Uh, email is jenkerrcbd at yahoo.com. And my phone number, you can call or text. It's 219-851-0900. Awesome. Great. So if you want to reach Jen, those are the ways to do it. Again, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And have yourself an amazing week, amazing day, and an amazing weekend, my friend. Take care. You too. Thank you bye so bye. much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.